Hey, hey, this is Danielle Grouchek, founder of Canine Inspired Change. Welcome to the Canine Inspired Podcast, where we explore the connection between humans and dogs and give you tools to strengthen your bond with your dog and with your community so you can get out there and do good with your dog. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again. We're here with part two with Patty Anderson, therapy animal educator, one of my original mentors, um, and just a wealth of knowledge in all things animal, dog, therapy dog, sled dogs, the whole nine yards. Um, So we left off last uh, episode. She was about to tell us uh, a really cool story. So anyways, welcome back, Patty. Thank you, Danielle. It's great to be here. Great. Well, we're going to jump right in. So please uh, tell us about uh, the the cliffhanger that you left us with last (laughs) time. (laughs) So in the year 2000, I had my first uh, rescue husky, and she, um, her name was Coco. She was red and white with blue eyes. And Mm. we were all excited. We're going to go read at the Golden Valley Library, which is the first one in the Hennepin County system to have have um reading uh official therapy um registered therapy dogs for reading okay just let me one sec can you explain to everybody what the read program is yes uh reading education assistance dogs is what the acronym is and the first national group uh was about uh 25 years ago now um out in salt lake city utah and actually, I'm one of the two read instructors in the state, if you're interested in getting. Yes, dog. we are. And we're going to get that information. We'll put it on our um, the, uh, link okay. in our um, in this episode. Great, great. Because we need more reading dogs. And it's a blast. It's really fun. Yep. And, um, and anyway, so they're they're national and international now too. Uh, the read program. But um, so so uh, so I'm all set as my very first experience reading. And I have this nice cute little blanket. I got all these great little books. And my third customer in was a little girl in the spring. And so she was um, almost graduating from kindergarten. And she was very shy and her mom was with her and, and she comes over and oh, would you like to pet Coco? Here's how you pet, you know, because you always tell dog safety. And and she she pet the dog and she really liked Coco. Um, and, then, and then I said, well, would you like to read her a book? And she shook her head, no. And her mom said, well, um, you'll have to read to her. So I said, okay, Coco will read to her. So I, I read just one or two little books. And then I said, you know, uh, Coco would really like to hear your voice. Um, and so how about this book? So as it te- the teachers out there will know a Rebus book where you have words and then the picture of something. So mm-hmm. it was Peter Rabbit, the book we read. So it had words about, you know, Farmer McGregor's garden, and then I had a picture of Peter Rabbit. So then mm-hmm. she had to say what the picture was. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just had my finger, and then she'd say the picture. And then I said, wow, look at how Coco perks up when you read, because you always project through your dog. Okay, The dog likes this. The dog doesn't like this. Uh, so she really likes what what um, you, hearing your voice. Can you read this one? And so she read about two or three more little books, little short ones, you know. And then and our time was up, and I look up, and the mom's just crying her eyes out as a counselor. I'm like, Jeez, you know, mm-hmm. like, I can't boundaries. I'm a volunteer, right? But I went over to her and I, I was way out on the end of my leash because you have to hold the leash, you know, and the girls, uh, little girl's still petting Coco. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you okay? Something wrong? And I thought I had done something wrong, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And she, right. she goes, it's the first time she's ever read to anybody except me. She won't read to my husband. Oh. She won't read to the teacher. We've tried 
all these positive interventions with friends after school, bribes. She goes, she has not read one word at school the whole year. And today you, she read three books to you. Oh my and gosh. I said, oh, no, no, no. She mm. didn't read me. She read to Coco. Yep. Yep. And I would lo- like to see 20 years later what this little girl remembers. Yeah. You know? yeah. I could sob my eyes out right now. Like that oh is so moving. I, I pretty much sat down and cried with this mother. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, it just, that was my first experience reading. So um, we just finished doing um, the North Star. We've got about 200 members in seven different species because pet partners will register up to nine species. Mm-hmm. So, so we did um, a pilot program in some of the schools that were most affected by the George Floyd riots. Oh, we, you did. We had, yeah, we did a virtual reading pilot in December. And set it up with Minneapolis schools, and we're doing a, a book drive. Our club is for the spring because a lot of those kids don't have books at home at all. Right. On the summer, when they go home for the summer, they have nothing to read. Mm-hmm. And their library, East Lake, is being rebuilt. It might be up and running now, but it was kind of trashed and closed for a long time. And and um, so so we felt compelled to kind of help out, and that's the way our club decided to do it. So we've got. Um, uh, now we're open for anybody that wants virtual reading at their school. So if there's teachers out there, um, and we'll be doing it post-pandemic, because Pet Partners has just uh, opened up a website for anybody that wants virtual visits in the world. And they can um, go to Pet Partners and register for virtual visits. So already they've got postings from New York City counseling programs, from reading programs. Wow. Reese is really active with with reading programs. I mean, that's really- that's amazing. So, what does a Zoom, <laughs> what does an online reading to a dog session look like? Um, well, you have um, the dogs. Uh, you can clicker train them to look at the computer. Mm-hmm. But people, you don't really have to have your dog staring at the computer because mm-hmm. what's the first thing somebody asks you when you're out on a visit? What can your dog do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, you want to see the dog doing something. Mm-hmm. And so if you just have a blanket, so it kind of defines to the dog, this is what we're doing. So you're doing like place training, go to your place yeah, training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. place training. And, and like you're in a, um, I like to have a, a smaller room with the door closed. Yep. And then I might give them just a stuffed Kong to, to look and chew. Oh, quietly. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, not a noisy. Or a bone, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or like a yeah. chewy. Yeah, chewy thing. And then, and then, um, um, what I also have done when I did um, animal assisted therapy with the rec therapist, which is um, with a professional and you have set goals for the session. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, as you know, as you know, but telling other people and um, instead, instead of, you know, uh, so you can teach the dog. So like um, you and I could have a practice session, you could squeak the toy once and I can treat the dog on my end. Mm-hmm. So that when anybody squeaks a toy, um, and then you can change it over to just saying the dog's name, and then you know, so you can do do some training. So you train so basically I, your dog to hear the computer, like a take a command from somebody the on the other side of the yeah. screen. Yeah. But but what I just do the shortcut for me, <laughs> I mean, I have a CBDT. <laughs> I just do these shortcuts all the time. Yeah. I just stand to the side of the computer and I do hand signals, and then yeah. the dog's looking at the computer yeah. and I'm behind it. And I just do the hand signals and the person thinks the dog's obeying their verbal command. Yep. Don't tell anybody. Right. No, <laughs> the I'm, kid. I'm doing that too with my session. <laughs> yes. You know, so, but it was a lot of fun. The kids were so cute. And so we're, um, 
we're um, doing a book drive. So in the spring, then hopefully we'll have an outside visit, you know, and, and give away free books and pencils and things Great. like that. Great. Well, let us know how we can be supportive to you. I'm sure some of our volunteers and people are listening would want to um, get involved in this. And I certainly well, want to support perfect. you guys any way I can. I'm already thinking of like, maybe I could have, I'm teaching a therapy dog class right now over Zoom. Maybe I could have you okay. come Zoom in real quick and talk to people about these oh, things. Oh, I'd be happy to. Okay. Yeah, happy. We'll, we'll set it up. We, you know, yeah. it takes a village here. I'm excited about it, though. Yeah, um, no, it's all good. Um, another thing I've been doing is putting the dog in a sit state and then putting the treat under like the computer just slightly under it and then have the student uh, call the dog uh-huh. to come and they call right in and take the, the treat right from under the computer yeah, and I don't yeah. need to the, be, the so just like marking with treats yeah 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 treats yep. by the computer good and I just want to say I'm I'm working um virtually now but I'm I'm not doing a lot that way I just kind of pick and choose now you get older and you just kind of pick yep. and choose yeah and, but I, I'm on staff at uh, Agile Canines right now Agile and, Canines? Yeah, oh, yeah. Great. And so, so it's mainly an agility school, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really not an agility person at all, but I love agility. And um, both my dogs were in kind of some fun agility there. So if you want to just do fun agility, that's a great place to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just doing virtual stuff, and I teach therapy dog classes here and there, um, you know, post uh, covid here um, well i'm a big agility person too that's how i started in in well i started oh, I as, well i started so i started as a trainer at this little school that this this vet um this vet that i was going to at the time had a little side building and they were teaching very small group classes oh. and they were looking for another trainer and i was like oh i totally want to do this um and then i transferred over to twin cities obedience because that's the big name in town and you want to train there um and when i transferred over there I got into agility um, competition uh, stuff with my first Aussie. Um, so that's kind of the reason why, as you know, my my program, okay. Canine Inspired Change program, has really light agility in it because, well, that's, you know, okay. part of it is yeah. I'm, I'm a dog trainer and, and uh, you know, an agility competitor first. And then I have a behavior analyst on our staff, um, a licensed social worker who then bring that piece into it. And then we develop the program. But we found that the kids, when they're doing um, a tunnel or a jump with a dog, mm-hmm. um, they're just so empowering. You know, you know how you feel with your dog mm-hmm. when you get them to like, oh, they understand me and we're doing something together and we're a team. Yeah. And But also... There, the dog might not do it every time. So then troubleshooting and do you feel frustrated? And then what are some skills to work through if you're frustrated? And, and what is something that you could change then in your communication with your dog? And, and so there's a lot of good that like comes out of the dogs not doing it right as well. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, no, I love agility. I wish I'd gotten back into it. But, you know, husky, the breed of husky, Siberian huskies, I'm on my 14th and 15th husky right now. Upstairs. Wow. Yeah. And so, but they're, they're not, you know, they, they love to run and they ski drawer and we just got a kick sled this year with nice. the harness hookup and everything and to kind of get back into that, not competitive, but, um, but, but they're not so much agility dogs. You don't see champion Siberian Huskies out there for the agility <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> oh, it's not, it's not their niche. It's not their niche. Yeah. So, okay. So as long as um, 
while I have you on the podcast, I really have to ask you, what do you look for? I mean, I kind of know generally, but I think people will find it very interesting to hear from somebody who's had a 20 year career in this. What do you look for when you're when you're um, when you're training therapy dogs and you're evaling evaluating therapy dogs and then also can you sometimes do you ever recruit and I because I ask this from my own personal experience sometimes I'll see somebody with a dog and I'll be like oh my god that dog would be so like I call them sometimes dogs come with power steering you're like that dog is has power steering like you're it's already like 90% of the way there um so I'm just wondering your experience with both those things Oh, yes. Uh, I've recruited people down in our local park. I'm going uh, Bernese Mountain Dog. That was just exceptional. And so I'm looking for the aptitude during the test. And we have a very, Pet Partners Evaluators, we have a very standardized uh, test we have. Um, but like in uh, lay people's terms, you know. In lay, yeah. So, so I mean, but but what we're really looking for, um, you know, the dog to be obedient, of course, and not jump on you. Um, right. But also we want to make sure that they're enjoying the petting. Yeah. Because there's a lot of dogs that just love their mom or dad. Yep. But they're not so much affiliative. They're not so much like loving other people. Right. And and they're just kind of they'll mind and they'll look you know they'll wave their tail a couple times and that's that. And then there's other dogs that are really stressed and yep. as you know, they're wiggling all over the place and whatever. And people say, oh, they're so happy. No, they're stressed. Right. Or like the yawn, the stress yawn. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, well, they're just you know and no. And so we're, so they're just we're, like tolerating it. So I'm like they're tolerating it, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it'd be very painful, you know, for. Um, somebody with some kind of anxiety issue to, to be walking around partying, everybody touching them. Yeah, so it's not yeah. therapeutic. The it's bottom line is, if it's the no, dog they, doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was a really nice uh, English Springer that I worked with years ago um, when I was early on, and uh, this dog went to a small uh, country community hospital uh, like four days a week, and it was. Uh, competitive champion in obedience and this and that it was a gorgeous dog just beautiful dog and one day I just wouldn't get out of the car so we tried different things like giving a, a month off mm-hmm. um, and just going on a saturday morning and throwing the ball down the uh, side hallway it was way back when you know sure. smaller days um and uh, the dog never to reassociate, you know, positive and just keep the visits yep. brief half an hour or something and just kind of never would want to go back. So the dog happily, you know, stayed with the owner and did everything the owner asked them to do. And finally one day said, but you know what? I really don't like this. Oh, well, or it's or in my time, it's my time to retire. I'm done. Yeah. It's yep. eight years old. And yep. just said, I'm Minnesota nice. I'm not going to bite you. <laughs> yeah. 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 But right. I just have to give you a strong message because you're not listening. I right. don't like this. Yeah. Yeah. And so so you look for a dog that likes it. Sure. You know? It really likes it because that that's really important. And yeah. Um, and then people re- really need to put in the training because my little Karen Terrier that's um, 16 now, he was the first dog. I uh, was a consultant for the Minneapolis airport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Airport, uh, dogs. Tell everybody so now, what that is. Um, so we have animal ambassadors out at the Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul international airport. And we've had it, we're on our, going on our fifth year now. And actually they're out there now. They, they were the, the only ones that I heard of during COVID that have brought the dogs back mm-hmm. in. Uh, the handlers have to be under 65, you know, um, mm-hmm. 
and they have all these protocols and everything. But um, but the purpose of those animals, the purpose of it is to de-stress people mm-hmm. that, that come. And I was that are I at the airport and having a lot of stress and anxiety around oh traveling. Gosh, the airports being, now yeah. are even getting more stressful because you need yep. back documentation, you need this, you need that. They've yep. cut back on ESA animals. They, you know, people are stressed at the airport, and it really helps reduce the stress. Yeah. So there's a hundred dogs and one of our cats out there. Oh, uh, cute. They, they only take ATD and pet partners because of insurance complications. Sure. Um, and the first time I was out there, um, I was the very first dog team out there with my little guy, my little Karen. Uh-huh. Tucker, right? Dog. Yeah. Uh, this one is ballad. So Tucker was the first one. And then we got, we love Karen so much. We got another one. Got so, it. And he's 16 now. And anyways, but he, um, I thought, okay, now I've been doing homeless vets, I've veterans, I've I've done these reading, amazing things, counseling. The airport, I'm just going to take a break from all this emotional stuff, and this will be just kind of fun fluff. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the first day we're there, the, the very first therapy hug team, a woman comes, and she she's business dressed, and she's she comes in, and she falls down on, in her business suit, and just hugs Bell, and of course I'm down there protecting him, right? Because sure. <laughs> I don't, you know, right, you don't. Right, want, right. But he, he's he's a pretty savvy. He'd been around the block quite a few times, and I, you know. But I'm still down there protecting him, mm-hmm. making sure he's still enjoying it, right? And and so she, what you mean by protecting your dog is, and not everybody's going to know this, is if somebody comes in. To, even though you're there in a therapy dog capacity, if somebody mm-hmm. just comes right at your dog to hug them, you have to make sure that your dog is okay with it. And you also right. have to be a strong presence for your dog. So we usually right. say put one hand on your dog somewhere on, on like their wither, their back end or something so they can feel yep. you next to them. And the first sign that the dog would be stressed, you would end yeah. the interaction and say yep. and say something like, you know what, he, would, he really likes being pet on his shoulder or like yep. scratched on his chest. And you would direct direct you'll be yeah. his best friend if you scratch him right here in his yes, chest That's right, right, right. Yeah. and so but she started just sobbing crying for like 15 mm. minutes we're, we're kind of down there and we're just stroking the dog and petting him and i'm giving him treats and, you know and and she she finally could talk she said my brother died suddenly out in montana and she goes i um i was about ready there was no chairs i couldn't see anything and i saw you and your dog and she goes i just couldn't make it across the whole airport Mm. to get that plane and i said oh you're not going to miss it are you and she goes no i've got about another hour but she goes my legs wouldn't carry me any further and thank god you were here with your dog she goes i just i can't believe it and she goes i feel so much better now and she goes thank you so much and i'm just like going Okay. Right. <laughs> so, it's profound. Yeah. I mean, I profound. I think that it's it's no secret I talk about this on on the podcast all the time that I'm sober and I'm coming up on a 10 years sobriety now in March. Um and thank you. And um so when I first started the journey, I went to go see a um a therapist and she had like a carriage house that she would see people in and Mm -hmm. and I had to start talking about these things that had been long buried and you just don't want to talk about them and it's so painful and it just makes you feel anxious and like sick to your stomach almost and this woman had a golden retriever and I mean literally brings tears to my eyes right now how much of this dog helped me like I can't even I don't think I would have been back again because it was just so like I don't want to talk about this stuff it's terrible let's just move on but you know when you bury things it doesn't always go so well comes out turns out it comes out in some way shape or form um 
So I just have firsthand experience of this dog just laying next to me and just getting it. And um, I don't even think he was a, it was one of those situations where she, he wasn't a, a traditional therapy dog, but he was a family dog who was just so loving and, and yeah, that she would ask um, her clients if they, um, if they wanted him present at the sessions and not all, all of them did. And I was like, the only way I'll come is if he's there, uh, you know, so it is, it, it's a profound moment when you're going through something and you can have a, a dog there, uh, not for everybody, but for a lot of us. For a lot of people. Yeah, no, it's, it's just so true. And um, later there was a gentleman who flew in from Florida um, probably in his forties and his, he was um, divorced from his wife and it was a, a very bitter divorce apparently. And he, he stopped also, and he was really quiet and withdrawn. And um, I said, Oh, what brings you to Minneapolis? Cause it's business or something, but my son's dying. He's got a couple of days left mm. to live in the hospital. Well, I visit at children's hospital. Oh, I still, yeah. I'm still currently visiting at, at not now, but pre COVID. And, um, Turns out that I knew the person really well that had visited his son a couple mm. of days ago. He remembered the name of the animal. I said, oh, I tested the animal, and I know that that's a good friend of mine. Mm. And he goes, you know what? He goes, this has helped so much because um, when I walk in there, it's just going to be all negative towards me and this and that. I love my son. And he goes, this connection that we figured out right now, that that through this person that person saw my son back through you again and he goes now i feel connected he yeah goes, well, thank you now i have the courage to walk into that room yeah so such I good mean, stuff i mean just heartbreaking stories right you know? yeah. right it just human connection um and facilitated by the love of animals is I mean, that's going to be the formula for me every day of the week. So, um, so I really appreciate you and all you do. I'm like, my head is fast turning, thinking about how we can collaborate it on about 20 different things right now. <laughs> we definitely are going to do our big project together at some point. We've, 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 we've workshopped a few things here and there and you know what, maybe, maybe this is our year. So, um, I'm just so grateful that you came on the podcast. I really look up to you. Um, and appreciate all that you do. So um, thank you so much, everybody. Um, we will have links to everything we talked about. Um, North Star Therapy Animals, also the Read Program um, on this podcast episode if you want to um, reach out to Patty. So, Patty, thank you so much for being thank here. You, yeah, thank okay. you. It's really great to see you. And thumbs up. I really enjoyed following all the great work that you've been doing all these years. So keep up the good work. Thank you. Um, until next time, everybody, we see I see you. You matter. And get out there and do good with your dog. Bye.